0: To start your life, you need to go through the pains of birth. And to start your afterlife, you need to go through the pains of death. Just like the chick cracking the egg, we need to escape the constraints of this dunya and embrace the inevitability of the hereafter. And the Prophet has warned us about this dunya, warned us how it may tempt us. The Prophet says what? That the scariest thing that I fear for you is what Allah brings forth for you of the beauty of this world. This is what I fear the most. That you get caught up, that you get distracted, that you get completely wrapped up and enticed in the beauty of this dunya. You become obsessed and forget what your actual goal, what your purpose is in this world. Furthermore, the Prophet ﷺ says, ان هذا المال khadiratun hulwatun. this wealth is green and sweet ومن اخذه بحقه ووضعه في حقه فالنعمه المعونه هو ومن اخذه بغير حقه كان كالذي ياكل ولا that this wealth this dunya this worldly life and all these pleasures within it it is green it is sweet and whoever takes it correctly and spends it correctly will find it to be a very good help. A good help in what? A good help to build up this world and the hereafter. However, as for the one who takes it wrongfully, it is like the one who eats and eats and consumes and is never satisfied. La yashba How do you know when you're spending in the wrong way? How do you know when this wealth has become a fitna, has become a trial and a test? It's actually quite straightforward. SubhanAllah, in this particular hadith, the Prophet is warning us and saying, What? When your spending becomes insatiable. When you buy and then you want to buy more and more and more. When you are the perfect consumer, always ready for the next purchase, always checking online. What can I buy here? What can I buy there? I just want to keep swiping my card. When this is the case, when you become obsessed with that Amazon truck passing by, oh, what do I get today? When you are completely obsessed with consumerism this is when you know you're going down the wrong path may Allah protect us Allah wa ta'ala tells us about the dua of Musa salam it's a very scary dua a very powerful dua he makes against Firaun and his people why because they were spending not fi sabilillah but fi al shaitan they were spending in the path of evil spending to deter people from the truth and when you spend in such a way this is the type of prophetic dua that is going to be against you وَقَالَ مُوسَىٰ رَبَّنَا إِنَّكَ آتَيْتَ فِرْعَوْنَ وملأه زينة وَأَمْوَالًا فِي الحياة الدُّنْيَا رَبَّنَا لِيُضِلُّ عَنْ سَبِيلِكَ عليه said, Our Lord, indeed you have given Firaun and his elite splendor and the wealth of this world. This worldly life. Our Lord, that they may lead men astray from your way. Ya Allah, I see what's happening. You've given them so many blessings and they just keep wasting it in all the wrong ways. Therefore, what's the next dua? He says, What? Musa, <laughs> he prays and says, Our Lord, obliterate their wealth and harden their hearts so that they will not believe until when? Until they see the painful punishment of the hereafter. SubhanAllah, what a terrifying dua. And this is exactly what Musa salam makes dua against these wretched people. So do we want to be in that camp? Absolutely not. So do the opposite. Make sure that when you spend, you spend to spread the truth. You do it for the sake of Allah Taala. You spend in such a way that you know your risk was halal coming in. It was halal going out. And you know that you're doing it for the right reasons and the right causes. Otherwise, if you start spending for evil causes, SubhanAllah, it could be the case that the prophetic dua that is going against you, that is recited by all the believers is what? Obliterate their wealth, and what? And harden their hearts until they see the punishment. May Allah protect us, Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. Furthermore, Allah Ta'ala commands us, and says what? Allah Ta'ala says, but seek through that which Allah has given you, the home of the hereafter. Use whatever you have that Allah Ta'ala has given you. Whatever blessing you were given. Were you given wealth and inheritance? Wonderful. Were you given your beauty, your looks, and your charm? Great! Do you have very particular talents? Whatever it may be. Use whatever you were given for what? For al for the abode of the hereafter. Use whatever talents Allah Ta'ala has given you for His sake. وَلَا تَنْسَ نَصِيبَكَ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا And don't forget your share of this world. SubhanAllah, the fact that Allah Ta'ala words it in this way. Don't, by the way, don't forget about your share of this world. Implies what? It implies that striving for the hereafter should be so primary striving for the akhirah, paying attention to paradise and trying to get to be with your Lord eternally. This should be so primary that you need to be reminded, by the way, don't forget to still do your work in this, in this world. You still need to take care of yourself. You still need to provide for yourself. This is the way it is worded. And then Allah says what? And be excellent. Be excellent how? In the same way that Allah is excellent towards you. SubhanAllah, do you feel that you have certain qualities that are great? Most people do. Most people say, well at least I'm good at this, at least I'm good at that, at least I have this, at least I have that. People typically, they like to, you know, focus on, and pay attention to, and highlight their best qualities. Okay, fine. If you have these best qualities, then be the best as Allah Ta'ala has given you the best. Whatever you are the best at, use that for the sake of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala and do not be distracted by this dunya being distracted by just trying to collect and gather whatever this world gives you and then ultimately it will all be ripped out of your hands at the end. This world didn't belong to the best of creation. The best of creation are who? The prophets and messengers They weren't granted much of this world. Very few of them were. They didn't even strive for it that much. Why? Because they knew it wasn't worth it. SubhanAllah. I'm not saying you should not excel in your field. Go right ahead, excel in your field. But for what sake? for the sake of pomp and arrogance, for the sake of showing off, or do you do it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa taala, We need to also always remember that if you're going to strive for anything, strive for ilm, strive for knowledge, strive to learn your deen. Who are you? Do you know who you are? Do you know why you were created? What is your job in this life? How can you do anything correctly if you don't know why you were made to begin with? If this isn't the foundation upon which you build yourself up as an individual, then subhanAllah, you have no ground to stand on. Many people, they commonly respond, what? I don't have time, brother. You know, brother, the thing is I don't have time. Okay, fine. What do you have time for? That's the question. What do you, if you don't have time for your Lord, if you do not have time to learn your deen and to practice correctly, then subhanAllah, I ask you by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what do you make your time for? Whatever it is, you better figure that out before the day comes where you were asked ما سلككم في سقر what landed you here in this fire? and Subhanallah, some of them they respond what? they say وكنا نَخُودُ مَعَ الْخَائِدِينَ we used to just talk nonsense with the vain talkers just chill with the chillers unfortunately we were just hanging out too much wasting our time we don't want to end up in that scenario we need to focus on our deen and we will do so when we stop this jealousy towards everybody that we see that has a piece of this dunya especially those who disbelieve why how can you be jealous of the worldly possessions owned by the disbeliever when their time on earth is almost up this dunya is brief this dunya comes and goes we pray janazah here all the time people are leaving this place regularly so how can you be jealous of the people who possess some of this dunya if they disbelieve in Allah, they have not prepared for the hereafter, and subhanAllah, you know within a moment they're going to have to let it go. You are fully aware of this fact. When death comes, and when the curtain is lifted, and we all see that this world was just a brief test, what will the disbelievers say on that day? What will they say about this dunya when they get to reminisce? When they're standing on yawm al-qiyamah, what will they say? Allah informs us and on the day when the hour appears the criminals will swear that they had remained nothing but an hour the disbeliever will say i was only alive for like an hour other ayat they talk about maybe a day or a part of a day maybe a morning or an evening i was just around for i don't know a short period of time they won't be able to remember that they had this long dunya that they were investing in it will all seem like it just passed by in an hour in an instant in the in the blink of an eye So yes, we see, unfortunately, that the wealth gap keeps growing due to corruption. The rich keep getting richer and the poor keep getting poorer, as they say. Yes, this is the way things are going, this is the direction that society is headed in. Why? Because of the evil, the exploitation that you find that the rich are often committing as a crime against the poor. But subhanAllah, I have a question for you. Do you know where the wealth gap will be even greater? It's not in this life, it's actually in the hereafter. The wealth gap, the gap between the haves and the have-nots, Ahlul Jannah wa Ahlul nar the people of paradise and the people of hellfire, that gap will be so much greater. Not because of injustice though on this time, not because of any sort of injustice or exploitation, rather because all of the good that the righteous used to do and all of the evil that the wicked used to strive for, all all of this will be on full display will be completely exposed and on that day we will see just how great of a gap there can be between human beings and it will be so much greater in comparison to what we see in this dunya. And in fact, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us to study this and think about this and contemplate this deeply. Allah Ta'ala commands and says, "Unzur ala ba'din. Look at how we have favored some in provision over others. Pay attention, think about the billionaires. You can go online and see the type of yachts they have, and the type of homes they have. Go take a look at how wealthy these people are. And then take a look at the poorest of the poor, the people living in the worst of conditions, war-torn countries, places where they don't have even water to drink. Pay attention to these two groups, Allah says unzur, look, stare, pay attention, study, unzur faddalna ala see how I have favoured some over others, then Allah says what? akhiratu akbar darajatin wa but the hereafter is greater in the degrees of difference and greater in distinction. The akhira will be so much more. If you want to say that, you know, the richest of the rich are here and the poorest of the poor are there, there's some sort of a gap, it's going to be infinitely greater in the hereafter. So the big question you have to ask yourself with regards to this scary reality of the wealth gap, you have to ask yourself in face of such a huge separation, where will I be? Where will we be? Where will we stand? Will will we be those who are with our Lord in the greatest of paradises? Thinking to myself, I can't believe I used to strive for dunya. Why? So I could just have a little bit fancier of a car than my neighbor. Oh, uh, he had this many rooms, this many square feet, and I had that many square feet. It will be laughable. Oh, he had this color car, and I had that one. Mine went a little bit faster, even though we were all on the same road that had the same speed limits anyhow, so it doesn't make a difference. SubhanAllah, it will be laughable that we think that this difference was something to strive for, whereas in paradise versus hellfire, the difference will be extremely evident in this life we see the effects of the crimes that the criminals perpetrate all around us we know that a society is corrupt when the business class owns the politicians when politicians are supposed to be making good decisions but they're only thinking about who their donors or when we know a society is corrupt when the military owns the politicians that the military is the one directing The politicians instead of them thinking clearly of what's best for society. We know that a society runs smoothest when the politicians can make their decisions because they are the decision-makers at the end of the day, when they can think clearly about how to best serve society without any sort of outside influence or pressure on their decisions. Well take that macrocosm if you will, take that sort of large perspective and now I want you to shrink it down on the scale of people like me and you and think about how a human intellect makes better decisions when the person isn't overwhelmed by their passions, by their gluttony, by their rage, by their fear, by their jealousy, by their stinginess, by their cowardice. The human mind makes the best decisions. Your mind, the quote-unquote politicians of your body, needs to be clear in its thinking and cannot be overrun by your passions and overrun by the الدنيا, by the beauty, adornment of this worldly life. And do you wanna know if your decisions have been compromised? Do you wanna know what are some clear indications that you are judging incorrectly, listen to the words of Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman رضي الله تعالى عنه الله صلى الله عليه وسلم, the one who used to keep the secrets of the Messenger وسلم, and the one who, he would always ask the Prophet specifically about fitna, turmoil, trials, afflictions, when terrible things will happen in the future. He would always ask these questions. How do we prepare for fitna? When will the fitna come? How, will, how bad will things be? This is the companion who would always be fascinated with this topic. So we have to pay attention to his ahadith, his statements to know. He says what? If one of you would like to know if fitna has afflicted him or not, do you want to know if you've been compromised in your thinking? If you are not thinking straight, if the trials and tests of this world have tainted you, he says, if you want to know, then let, let him check. If he thinks something was halal that he used to consider, that if he thinks something is halal that he used to consider haram, then he has been afflicted. If he thinks something is haram that he used to consider halal, then he has been afflicted. Simply put, if your values keep changing to accommodate your new job or your new environment or your new friends or to justify your new evil behavior, if you keep on changing your values, then SubhanAllah, you're compromised. May Allah SubhanAllah protect us from such a compromise in our deen. The true believer would rather leave this world than compromise his values. The true believer would much rather say, you know what, Ya Allah, just take me away. The fitna is too great, we all got to go sometime, Ya Rab, take my soul. Why, because I say so? No, because the Prophet Sallallahu tells us to make this dua, اللهم إني أسألك فعل الخيرات وترك المنكرات وحب المساكين وإذا أردت بعبادك فتنة فاقبضني إليك غير مفتون Oh Allah, indeed I ask you to help me to do good deeds, to avoid evil, to love the poor that's important too, just the fact that you're preparing by what? loving the poor, in other words I'm okay with this lifestyle, I'm not obsessed with wealth in fact you know what, I spend time with people that have less and you know what, I can get used to that too, I'm not going to compromise even that there seems to be a small indication, anyhow the dua is what? help me to do good, stay away from evil, to love the poor, and then what? and when you have willed that fitna, that trials and tribulations and tests will come upon your slaves, then take me to you without making me suffer from that fitna. I don't want to be somebody who gets afflicted. I don't want to be somebody who compromises. I don't want to be like the West, like, like the rest who gets swept away in this particular test and trial. Ya Allah, protect me from that. SubhanAllah, the believer is much more comfortable with death than he is with compromising and selling out his deen. This is the du'a we need to be making. So how? How can we develop this readiness to meet our Lord? We must train at it every single day. This takes training by detaching yourself from your lowest impulses. The Prophet ﷺ says in a number of ahadith. Al-Mujahidu nafsahu. The true warrior is who? The one who strives against his own self, his own soul. The Prophet ﷺ says what? Afdalul jihadi and yujahidar Rajul Nafsahu Hawahu." The best jihad is when a man strives against his base impulses and desires. Keeps going. وَأَفْضَلُ عز That the best of jihad is the one who strives against himself for the sake of Allah the Almighty and the Sublime. You find one after the other after the other so many ahadith saying what? Most of us we think oh jihad you know warriors where I'm not a warrior I don't live in these type of times you know I could never reach their status of being this brave person and on the battlefield fighting this that and the other. SubhanAllah the best of jihad is what? Strive against yourself, every single day, every time you feel those base impulses. Take pride in the fact that you knew, you you felt like doing something. You were about to say something, you were about to look at something, and you said, Ya Allah, for your sake I'm going to stay away from this. This is my jihad, this is the best of jihad, subhanAllah. We all need to learn to tame the beast within. Tame the beast within, whether it's what you're listening to, looking at, whether it's what you're saying, whether it's what you're eating, whatever it may be, who you spend time with, what you spend on, the way you're earning, learn to tame the beast. SubhanAllah. And remember the words of Ali Ibn Tabullahu, who says very beautifully, what? Jahidu ahwa'akum, kama tujahidu He says, fight your desires the same way you'd fight your enemies. Think about someone on the battlefield facing you, your enemy. You know how this guy wants to take you out and you want to take him out. Have that same kind of energy when it comes to your own base desires. May Allah Ta'ala make us of those who can do so. We'll continue and we'll finish in the second khba sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Muhammad wa ala sallam Bismillah alhamdulillah, wa Who is the greatest martyr? Subhanallah shahada the concept of dying fi sabilillah I remember when thinking about this topic I thought the greatest martyr would be the guy who goes to war and fights and defeats so many enemies and takes so many wounds and you know keeps going and keeps winning and you know this is naturally you think of this and yet subhanallah the prophet tells us in a lengthy hadith in Sahih Muslim and it's lengthy so I'm not going to go through the whole thing but it describes how near the end of times when Dajjal comes and he has power over, subhanAllah, all the politicians. He's got control over every country essentially, just about. There will be one man that will go to him. He won't be able to go to him directly, he will go to his guards. And he will say, I want to see this, I want to, have a, I want to speak with him. And they will ask him, do you worship our Lord? And then basically he will say, no, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but they have a back and forth. And ultimately they say, you know, kill him. And they say, wait, hold on. Didn't your lord, didn't your master, as in Dajjal, didn't he forbid you to kill anybody without his consent? You have to ask him first. So they say, okay, let's bring him to him. So this guy, he said, I want to talk to him. They're just about to slaughter him right then and there. But you no, know, hold on. We have to get permission first. So they take him to him. And SubhanAllah, he says, ayyuhannas, O oh people, this is Masih al-Dajjal. The Prophet warned us about him. He's a liar. He's not a lord, he's not your lord. And subhanAllah, he exposes him. Dajjal commands his men to beat him, to torture him, eventually to cut him in half, split him in half, and then sew him back together. And this is something that we don't know how they will be able to do this, whether it's uh, through magic, whether it's through some sort of illusion, whether it's some sort of new technology in the future, Allah knows. But they will be able to put him back together and say, now do you believe I'm your Lord? And not only will the guy say no, he will say, I am more certain that you are a liar and you will never be able to do this to anybody after me. Wallahu alam, as to why, I don't know. And so, this will make Dajjal even more upset. And f- finally, he will finish him off, kill him. And, all, and the Prophet ﷺ tells us what? <laughs> he will be the greatest martyr in the, in the sight, in the eyes of the Lord of the worlds. This is the greatest Shahada. Brothers and sisters, I mention this because number one, we should know who the greatest martyr is. If the Prophet ﷺ told us who the greatest martyr is and we don't know, we should know. It's the one who confronts Dajjal head on and is punished by him, and he still holds on to his faith. That's number one. And number two, please, last point in ta'arah, never forget, he never fought a battle. He never fought any war. What did he have the ability to do? I'm certain that prior to this moment, he did jihad and nafs he fought his own base desires to the point that he tamed his cowardice. He became someone of strength, someone of character, someone who would not compromise no matter what. And through that process, which we all can do, then he went up and did what? He just spoke the truth. That's all he had to do, speak the truth. He didn't have to train himself to be the best warrior, the best fighter, the strongest guy, the one who could lift, lift the most amount of weight, nothing like this. Just had to speak the truth as the Prophet also says what? Sultanin <laughs> jarin." That the best jihad in the path of Allah is to speak justice to an oppressive ruler. This is something we can all do. The greatest martyr wasn't a warrior, he just spoke the truth. Brothers and sisters, we all have an opportunity to tame our base desires and to speak the truth even if it may get us into trouble so do not lose out on this opportunity may allah ta'ala make us of those who can tame our own nafs may allah ta'ala make us of those who are always striving to deny our base desires and impulses so that we only do what is right and we stay away from that which is evil and may Allah ta'ala make us of those who always speak the truth and fear nobody except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when it comes to the truth ameen ar-rabbil alamin allahumma h-dina fiman hadayt wa 'afina fiman 'afayt wa tawallana fiman lana fima a'tayt wa qina sharra ma qadayt fa taqdi wa la yuqda 'alayk innahu la yadhillu man walat wa la ya'izzu man 'adat tabarak rabbana wa ta'ala rabbana atina fid dunya hasanatan fil akhirati hasanatan wa qina 'adhaban nar wa sallallahu 'ala sayyidina muhammad wa 'ala alihi wa Sallam. wasallam wa qim as